Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. One can't help but be positive. The other can't help but be negative. Bleep you, you bleeping bleepity bleep. The only thing they seem to agree on is that they can barely agree on anything. Blah, blah, blah. I'm Andy Hart. I'm not happy about this. It's sports radio for the passionate fan. What's up, Nick? And grumpy dad in all of us. That is just so stupid. Fitzy and Hart. Yes, I've been listening, Andy. On Boston Sports Original. I like the way Andy Hart does it. Might have Nick just take over. W-E-E-I. Balls, one strike. Runners lead at first and third with two down in the ninth. F. Ross to the set. The pitch. Swing and a pop-up. This should do it right around the mound. Catcher at first baseman converge. Rizzo makes the catch and the ball game is over. Oh, the Red Sox had their two and three hitters up with two on and one out of the ninth inning and do not score. Yankees hang on to win three to two. And a very close and hard-fought ball game here at Fenway Park tonight. Fitzy and Hart live from Fenway Park on a beautiful, sunny Sunday morning, although not quite as sunny and beautiful as it was one day earlier. I'm Andy Hart, host of Fitzy and Hart, joined by Kyrie Thompson, WEEI.com Patriots writer, filling in for Fitzy. Kyrie, yesterday I spent the entire first hour Sort of selling optimism, coming off a big extra inning win, comeback win over the Yankees. You'd won two in a row. You were theoretically on your track to win two series in a row against AL East foes. And, well, all hell, the bottom fell out. I did tell you. Yes, you sad trombone. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's kind of what I said. You know, it's like, great, you got that first game of the series, and... Well, then we had to remind everybody that the Red Sox are not very good. Well, the thing that it, we, we talked a lot yesterday about the, the Patriots preseason opener, and we'll, we'll talk about that over the next four hours here on Fitzy and Hart live from Fenway Park, our Fenway Clubhouse Ford Studios. 
Tune in to WEEI this Red Sox season as the broadcast as we broadcast live from our Ford Clubhouse Fenway studio before Red Sox weekend home games. Brought to you by your New England Ford dealers and Ford trucks, the official truck of the Red Sox. And the thing that crossed those two storylines, the Red Sox and the Patriots for me, was we just found out that in all honesty, the Boston Red Sox and Justin Huron are the same thing. Hey. False start when your opportunity arrives. Justin Huron false started at right and left tackle Thursday night, Gillette Stadium. Who knows? If he has a great game, maybe he becomes the swing tackle. Hell, maybe he unseats somebody or he's ready when the injury comes. And he wasn't ready. Wah, wah, wah. And wow. the Boston Red Sox are the exact same damn thing. Not just in the the win-loss. You win one, 3-2. You lose one the next night, 3-2. The other team executes uh, a safety squeeze at the end of the game. But even the way the game played out, you went up 2 nothing, And it's like, oh, oh, up 2 nothing. Andy's optimism from this morning is really going to pay off. And boom, it's 2-2. Yep. Well, you give up a home run to the one guy who just doesn't hit home runs on their roster, right? And, yep. and I mean, it's I don't know, one of the only like bad pitches Cutter Crawford made all night, but it just yeah. is what it is. That's the professional yep. level. One yep. mistake can cost you. It did. And then you look at how the game itself ended, and we've spent so much time talking about Red Sox superstars whose futures are sort of in the balance, right? Bogart's endeavors. Well, you have first and second, ninth inning. This is not over. Nothing is over, right? As Rambo would say. And a number back to the pitcher and a pop up, and guess what's over? Uh, quick aside, I know it's a negative soundbite, but one of my favorite things to hear is Joe Castig say, swing and a pop up. That'll do it. <laughs> there is nothing that, that embodies frustration. Like that in the tone of his voice when he says that famously over the years, a number of times, swing and a pop up. And that's the frustration because you had Alex Cora talking pregame about it's a sprint now. It's not a marathon anymore. Like you only get so many opportunities. It's August freaking 14th. You're four and a half games back of the third wild card. You're looking well up at the Orioles in the ALE standings. And you have a game like that, which you could turn into something. I'm a big believer in momentum and butterfly effect and sort of those things like the universe is just this big jumbled mess and you can put it in line for yourself and wah, wah, wah. Well, you know, all you got out of yourself was that effort, that execution, and you let the Yankees, the Yankees execute their nice little safety squeeze and you go home a loser. Well, you know what's funny? You mentioned it's a it's a sprint now, right? It is. I, I was talking. We were talking some track and field yesterday, you know, because I'm you know, a bit of a track and field nut, right? And one thing that, that actually came into my mind right there is the 400-meter dash. One of the most dastardly races in all of track and field. You have to sprint basically, like maybe not quite all out, but about 90% for an entire lap. I don't know how people do it. Yep. Let alone, how do they do it with hurdles involved? Yep. Sydney McLaughlin, good gracious. But anyway... One thing that I learned through over the years is when I'm running the 400-meter dash, it's like, oh, yeah, you, you can kind of coast a little bit through the first 200, and you know, you're feeling good, you're feeling good, and then you think, oh, yeah, I'll kind of build into this last uh, you know, uh, 200 and kind of move slowly into it, and then I'm going to sprint the last 100. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go for it all out. You don't actually have anything left at that point <laughs> in the race. Your legs are dead, and, and then you find everybody else passing you by, and, and you're still just like fighting and gritting your teeth just to get to the finish line. What you really need to do is run. You need to get going earlier than that. You need to move, move, yep. move, move, have a sense of urgency about you. 
when you get to the previous hundred and and let that momentum that you just mentioned carry you into the finish line right now this this is this is still stop and start stuff you don't have time for this okay there there's a month and a half left in the season let's go and the other thing about that is when you talk about execution right the safety squeeze and it's kind of like okay should you have been playing for that a little bit more in that situation? I think you probably should have. I mean, in the end, it, it was well executed by the Yankees. But the thing that got me was Chapman comes in the game, plunks Verdugo. You got two, you got two guys on, and you take the bat out of J.D. Martinez's hands, and you bail him out with, with poor execution on the double steal. Yep. And, and, and it's like, okay, I get the idea of what you were doing there, but come on, you got – don't don't give him an out here, okay? Like he chances are he might throw this ball in the dirt anyway. Yep. Right. Just just make sure he's going to home plate first. Okay. Come on now. Can I uh, summarize it all and everything you just said? I think it, they're not a very good baseball team. Like we keep trying to find positives or be positive. Like I definitely did it yesterday. But the reality is, you know who can sprint to the finish if they need to? A good baseball team. A team that was maybe kind of stumbling throughout the year because they weren't dialed in, they weren't tuned in. We see it in the NBA, certainly all the time, where we manage players and we do different things. But when you turn it on, you turn it on. Or even past Patriots teams, all these teams that was like, September's an extension of the preseason. When we need to, we'll turn it on in November and December. They always did, until recently, because they weren't a very good football team recently. When you're, when you're a good team, you can do some of those things. When you're not a very good team, and then you try to do those things, you get exposed as not being a very good baseball team. And that's what they are right now. And you mentioned Martinez. Like I was talking yesterday, oh, maybe he's about to get hot. You know, three hits. Well, he went 0 for 4. So that's everything breaks. Yeah, I mean, that, the reality is the reality. You're a last place baseball team. I think you've earned that reality. Yep. Like you, mm -hmm. the way you've played, the way stars have played. And yes, I know injuries happen and there's, you know what I think those, I've always said this, excuses are reasons given by losers you're a loser that that's what you are I'm sorry I don't I don't want to sound overly harsh a day after sounding overly optimistic but these last ditch efforts you know the optimism oh you're going to win another series against the Yankees and if you do that what well you didn't ifs and buts right it's not Christmas well again right it, it, it the the old thing you, you're you are what your record says you are usually mm -hmm. that's talked about in in football Right. But you can also look at it in a baseball standpoint. You're going to win. You're going to win 60. You're going to lose 60. And then it's all about what you do with the other 60 that decides your season. And, and right now they, they haven't been good. They haven't been good enough to do anything reasonable with the other 60. And I, and I mean, look, it's we talked about it yesterday. There's an element of I don't know that they fully care. They can say that they oh, yeah, we want to compete and we believe that we can make the postseason with this. But it's oh, well, we believe we might have a shot of making the postseason with, you know, kind of whatever our plan is right now. It might, it would be, basically, it's like, it would be nice to make the postseason with this roster, not a, we really want to make the postseason. Right. We, we got to make the postseason. It's not like that, okay? Last year was a gift, and they were hoping for another one, and it's not happening because they played over their heads last year, and they're not doing it this year. And They, they did, are what they are. They did too little too late, right, with the moves for Fam and Hosmer, but then even when you're doing too little too late to fill voids that we all knew they had all year. We all talked about outfield and first base all year. Hell, first base you've been talking about 
for more than a calendar year. Yep. They're like the only people on earth who can't find a person to play first base. It's remarkable to me. They, couldn't, they were not playing first base at a high school level, never mind a major league baseball level. And then they fill those, but in doing so, they remove one of their core leaders, players, catcher. Like, so you even confused people, I would say, inside and outside the clubhouse, inside and outside the organization. Even within baseball, people are torn like, what are they doing? Like, are they, are they trying to win? Did they try to improve? They did fill some holes. And we get back to the discussion we had yesterday about bridge years. Like, do they just view this as a bridge year and they're sort of piecing it together and they don't want to do anything that might upset a year from now or two years from now? Or... But then even when you get into that, you're like, what are you doing with Bogarts? If you, if you weren't all in on this year, are, are you all in on resigning him? It, there's all these half measures where, you know, the great Glenn Ordway on this radio station got, got accused many times of being on the fence with topics and questions. This team feels like it's on the fence. Yes. It's yes. just sitting on a fence. They have, you know, one of those pickets up their butt. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's great if we make the postseason, but it's okay if we don't. I mean, because we didn't really expect to. And, and I think with the, the, the thing about the Vasquez trade is like, Aside from the what you got back and confusing, you know, the people about are you buying or are you selling? Honestly, I feel like it just adds to that dynamic of on the fenceness that I think the the roster has. Mm-hmm. They are wondering, are we in or are we not? And I almost feel like the the pervasiveness of those questions and the cloud that's been hanging over this team, whether it's Bogarts, whether it's Martinez, are they going to stay? Are they not? And basically kind of knowing in a way the way that this has been set up that it's it is the last dance here. Like I, yep. this, this core is, is done. It, it's 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 over one way or another. Right. I, I feel like as much as you want to say you're a professional, do your job. I'm sure that is part of why this season has looked as rough as it has. And I just can't wait for it to be over, honestly. I really can't. And that's the question I would throw out to our listeners, to callers, 617-779-7937. Are you done with the Red Sox? Are, are, was last night maybe the last straw for this last dance? Did, did they give you a little bit of hope with the win over the Orioles and then a win over the Yankees, extra innings, that whole momentum? And is, it now, is the sprint now over? Did they stumble out of the blocks for the final sprint to stick with our, uh, our running analogies here? Because that's how I feel. And, and I genuinely wanted to have hope yesterday when I was selling hope in, on these very airwaves. When we talked about, you have an opportunity here. It's the Yankees. You can feel good about yourselves. And now nobody feels good because you kicked a game away that was winnable, a game you led early on. You had an opportunity. Your stars did not come up clutch. And I'm not one. I listened to our buddy Mark Dondero coming in. You know, he was really critical of the stars for failing in that situation and Devers' slump that he's in. I think it's four for his last 41. And he made long-term Uh, declarations based on some of that. Like, no, I don't want $300 million players. That's why you don't want $300 million players because even they go into slumps. Even they come up short in these game-on-the-line, season-on-the-line kind of opportunities. I'm not willing to go that far. I still think they're both very good baseball players. Devers is probably a great baseball player who is still sort of on the ascension in his career. I'd still like to see Devers here long-term. Just because he hit a dribbler last night in a key game does not change that for me. But the reality is... You came up short. Yep. And, and your, your coach kind of challenged you. Your manager kind of challenged you. It's a sprint now, right? He says that before the game, and you, you, didn't, you didn't sprint. You didn't leg it out. You didn't, you didn't stride it out to victory. Instead, you fell on your face. So Kyrie Thompson, 
we'll, and I will talk about it over the next couple hours. Are the Celtics done? Have you given up on the Celtics? You mean the Red Sox? I mean the, uh, the Red Sox, yes. We can talk about if you've given up on the Celtics. I have not, but we will delve into a little uh, Celtics trade talk, Kevin Durant talk, a little later in the show. But right now, as I said, 617-779-7937. Let us know how you feel about your Boston Red Sox, your last place Boston Red Sox, your Boston Red Sox who are four and a half games out of the final third, some would say meaningless wild card spot, but an opportunity to get in the tournament. Right now, we have to trend. Crash and Keith, weekdays 10 to 2. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending is brought to you by New England Ford. Tune into WEEI this Red Sox season as they broadcast live from our Ford Clubhouse Fenway studio, where we are right now, before Red Sox weekend home games. Brought to you by your New England Ford dealers and Ford Trucks, official truck of the Red Sox. Here's what's trending at WEEI and WEEI.com. The Red Sox fell to the Yankees 3-2 last night. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa was a thorn in the Red Sox size as his home run in the fifth and bunt in the ninth netted all three runs for the Yankees. Wow. The Sox wrap up this three-game series with the Yankees tonight. First pitch is set for 7 p.m. with Michael Waka expected to start. You can catch the Red Sox pregame show with Brian Barrett, the metric man, at 6 p.m. before the game, right here on the Shaw's and Star Market, WEEI, Red Sox Network. Around the NFL, the injury to Jets quarterback Zach Wilson's knee appears to not be as serious as some of us thought, with reports stating it's believed to be a bone bruise as well as a torn meniscus. Ian Rappaport reported Zach Wilson is expected to have surgery, and the Jets are hoping to have him ready to go for week one of the season. And finally, the New England Revolution picked up a 1-0 victory over the D.C. United. Carlos, Carlos Gill made an excellent shot to notch his fifth goal of the season as the Revolution moved to eight wins, nine, nine draws, and seven losses on the season. That was your trending here at WEEI. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, 
the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Back here live at Fenway Park in our Ford Fenway Studios. Andy Hart here, Fitzy and Hart. Kyrie Thompson, WEEI.com, filling in for Fitzy, who is on vacation. And I asked a simple question going into the break, and the calls lit up. And so did my text, by the way. Brian Barrett, not happy with the question that I posed. Are you done <laughs> with the Red Sox? I don't know if that's that's a personal or professional response he was not happy with because obviously he will be in this very studio tonight doing the, the pregame show here on WEEI. He's going to come and get frisky. So Let's he go. is not done with the Red Sox, but uh, callers are lining up to discuss the Boston Red Sox who I think we all believe had an opportunity to maybe make a sprint, as Alex Cora called it, toward the postseason, toward the end of the season, and then they fell on their faces, 3-2 loss to the Yankees last night when they were beat by essentially one guy on the other side of the field, and the guy was not Judge. <laughs> no, the again, the one guy who, like, that was that his first home run? I believe it was yeah, first, first home, home run, run since Yankees. last year. Yeah, first home run. And then he ended it with small ball with a nice uh, safety squeeze. Yep. You lose 3-2. So let's go to the phone line, 617-779-7937. First up is Mark in Florida. He wants to talk about the Red Sox. Mark, what's up? Good morning, guys. Great show as always. Thanks. Um, I, look, I disagree with Heim Bloom ninety nine percent of the time. Trading Renfro for Bradley mistake. Uh, coming into the season with a starting rotation of you didn't know what you were going to get from Sale, and then nothing really behind him that was proven. No bullpen to speak of. No closer. Whitlock probably should have been there since uh, the first game of the year. I mean, I can go on and on and on about the the questionable decisions and the bad moves, but the one thing that I get criticized for, I, I don't think Xander Bogarts is that great of a player. I, I Look, fabulous clubhouse guy, steady glove. But uh, when's the last time you, you can remember he came up with a clutch hit? He's a singles hitter. Mm-hmm. He usually gets hits when we're down 8 nothing in the seventh inning, a blooper over the shortstop's head. He, that, he's not, and I love him, but he's not a $30 million a year player. And I actually agree with Heim if, in fact, they're not really considering bringing him back on those kind of terms. All right, Mark, thanks for the call. Uh, I don't totally disagree, and we've been talking about this off and on for, for months, that y- you can make an argument to not sign Xander Bogarts, that he's not worth $30 million a year, as Mark put it. And I think it's a strong argument. And we may actually find out after the season that he finds that out, that the market doesn't bear what he thinks it's going to bear north of whatever it is, $150, $200 million, wherever he thinks his value could go. And I think a lot of people believe he's played on an undervalued contract for a little while. But the power numbers are what they are. His defense is what it is. His birth certificate is what it is. So an argument can be made. Now, is there sentimental value to Xander Bogarts? Absolutely. He is the leader of this team. He's the captain without the C. He is the face of the franchise to some degree. He's sort of bridged an era here. He's been a part of winning. There's a lot to love about Xander Bogarts. But if you're making, let's call it a Belichickian decision, does Bill Belichick sign Xander Bogarts? 
No, I don't think there's a shot in hell. Especially, especially once he's given all of that that capital to get his replacements, basically. No, he would not sign Xander Bogarts. Unless maybe Xander Bogarts goes out and finds there isn't money out there. there and, and I'm willing to come back at a deal that's... On a that's, discount, yeah. A team you know, I deal. still yeah. think he has to be north of, I believe Story's making 23 point something or 22 point. I, I believe Bogarts, just for the... The hierarchy, the respect of the clubhouse. Yeah, he can't make less than Trevor's. It has to be like, you know, if we were also doing better than Trevor's. Right. Wheel of Fortune. I mean, um, you know, the one dollar more bid on uh, on Wheel of Fortune. Like, I think you have to at least do that with Xander Bogarts. But is he an ascending great player? No, he's not an ascending great player. He's probably a plateaued, very good player. Yep. And and you need to you, even the Boston Red Sox with their 200 plus million dollar resources have to be careful with some of those things. So I think it's a good point that Mark brings up. It's actually something we kind of discussed yesterday when we were playing fantasy baseball GMs and brought the judge situation into the, the, the discussion. You know, would a, would a swap of Bogarts for judge make sense? A power hitter, an outfielder, you have Story at short, you've got Mayer at short, you've drafted, like, it might make sense in the big mosaic that is the Boston Red Sox. But uh, we're talking about Red Sox, so we're going to go to Matt in Rhode Island, who wants to, uh, as his the screen called it, uh, state of the Red Sox. So, Matt, what is the state of the Red Sox right now? Are they done? Oh, actually, I, I called about the Patriots, guys. Um, yeah. You want me to go on? Or? <laughs> Not really. You don't have a thought on the Red Sox? They just sucked last well, night I do. against no, the New I, York if you Yankees. Want, if you want, yeah, I can give you a, I'll give you a give take me a on hot the Red take. Sox. Give me a hot take on the Red Sox. I know you I'm, got one. I'm about as... I'm about as disenchanted with the Red Sox as I have been since chicken and beer. Um, you know, <laughs> like you, got, you, got, you came two games from the World Series last year. And, you know, G, the GM is supposed to be, a, I'll just call him the GM for argument's sake, so we don't have to go through this um, uh, corporate structure or whatever. Yes. Um, you, you couldn't give us a professional baseball first baseman and a couple, like, solid arms in the bullpen. You're the Boston Red Sox, and you're – you're supposedly into all this analytics, but you have players playing out of position, grossly out of position, all over the field, which is embarrassing when you lose games like that. Um, you know, at the deadline, they trade Vasquez. If you're going to trade Vasquez, then just unload everybody. You traded Vasquez, but you're still pushing for the playoffs. It just makes it just makes no sense. It's actually it's 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 really confusing. Um, as, as a fan, I'm you know the, the baseball they've been playing. I don't I don't really put it on Cora. I think Cora is uh, between a rock and a hard place now. I think I think there's definitely some strife between Cora and, and Bloom. Um, just going off the top here, guys. I don't want to give you like you know take up the whole time, but yeah, you know, I think both of you guys do a uh, reason for my call on the Patriots. I think both of you guys do a great job covering the team. So um, have a nice day. Appreciate you. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate yeah, thank you. you. I, was I, say, I say while while he was talking about strife between Cora and Bloom, Coop's in the background. We could see him through the screen. He's like nodding his head. He's like, uh-huh. I've oh, heard things. I don't know. And, and I don't know how. I, oh, I love it. Forget even like what you've heard. I don't know how they couldn't be some sort of disconnect there, whether it's strife, whether it's disbelief, frustration. I don't know how you'd want to describe it. Just look at the the situation at hand and the way Bloom has built the team and Core has been expected to especially because piece it together. Core came in here in 2018 with Dombrowski and he was handed everything it's on just, a silver like, platter. Oh, you need this to win. Okay, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is kind of how it's supposed to be in Boston. Like you're supposed to put together it a, is. It a is. team. I mean, like you have a, you have a market like the Red Sox. You have the resources to go out and get it. Correct. And I, it goes back to you said like Bill Belichick wouldn't sign Xander. 
Bill Belichick wouldn't even have put himself in the situation this season. Correct. Like he would just run this team so differently. And and I do think that's and and it came up when Matt was talking that because he brought up Bloom, he brought up Cora. You have players that are misfits or underperforming in some level. We have the Bogart situation. And I know it's a super talk radio cliche, but where are we blaming? Is this straight out bad baseball team from spring training built by Bloom? Is it players who injuries or down years or, you know, as Mark Dundero was sort of talking about before we came on, clutch guys that don't come up clutch when you actually need them to, your studs, your horses? Is it obviously some combination of the three and I've heard I, I would say yeah I mean I can I can indulge that in a moment but continue sorry the the Cora thing is interesting to me because I have heard people and <laughs> Governor Sununu from New Hampshire was one of them that I found strangely pinpointed the criticism on Cora yeah He's I know gotta I, go. yeah seriously I, I thought like, that I thought that that's was a guy one that of the hasn't weirdest, watched that, baseball that was one of the weirdest things I've ever heard because I the other, the other thing about that I want to say is like, oh yeah, it start the, 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 you know, blame starts at the top and that, that's why Cora's got to go. Uh, Cora's not at the top not of the, the organizational right. head chart. So basically what you're saying is it's Highland Bloom's fault. Well, that was funny because the phrasing was Bloom's got to go because it starts at the top. So you're like, oh, he's going to rip Bloom. Yeah. Oh wait, he said Cora. So he didn't start at the top because you can't fire the owner. You can go all the way to the top if you want, John Henry. You can't fire the owner. That's the way it works. But you can fire the president of baseball operations. 100%. And... I will tell you that if I had to sort of predict what's going to happen, I think Alex Cora is going to leave before High and Bloom. And then I think you're absolutely going to regret the fact that you stuck with High and Bloom when he's gone and you brought somebody else in to run it like it's actually the Boston Red Sox and try to win and try to use all your resources. Yeah. And you're going to regret the fact that Cora kind of got run out of town yeah, no, or I'm, was uncomfortable. I'm sorry. I, I would take Alex Cora as the manager of the Chicago White Sox any day. Immediately. He'd stay awake. Cora, Cora does like very small things very yeah. well. And, and like last night there was with the whole bunt play. Yep. Like guys were out of position on that. First base should have held. Third base should have crashed. Or sorry. Third first, ba first base should have come First down, base yeah. should have held. Third base should have crashed. Pitcher should have came over to the okay, first gotcha, base gotcha, side. Gotcha, okay. Run the whole wheel situation there. Yep. But that's not on him. Like that's like those guys should know what's going on there. But when you look at like some of the double steal was kind of dumb. And he he tries he tries oh, to get cute. Oh, he's not perfect. No, yeah, but like that's the thing. He tries to get cute, and like if that does work out, we're sitting here today, glorifying him. Yeah, because because I think the the theory of it is okay. Chapman's wild as hell right now. Let's get a runner on third, and if he throws it away, we get an easy run. So it's and, like, like trying to steal a run, but at the same time, you got to execute it right. Okay, like especially if he is that wild, you don't have to get the best jump in the world. Okay, like like don't don't try. He can he can look back at you. <laughs> Right. And, and like the thing is, like, I, I do think Haim is a smart baseball operations guy and Cora is a smart manager. It's just like a matter of getting them on the same page. And it's one guy wants to win at a certain point, And Cora is a guy that he's a competitive guy. He wants to win right now, and, as he should. And, and I think most fans would align with Cora. And in a situation right? where the yeah, Boston no, Red Sox, he, we want to win now, not in four years. This isn't Cora understands or Houston or you have one of those. Remember the old SI cover, whatever, yep. you know, projecting winning in the future? No, no, no. This is Boston. I should project winning in the future as of August 15th, August 16th, August 17th. Win now, and you can do both. Coop, you and I talked about this a little bit off air yesterday, this idea that they're the Tampa Red Sox. No, no, no. They should be the L.A. Red Sox. Exactly. L.A. model where you have stars. You seem to always be in on the pursuit of stars, 
and yet you have the assets within the organization to pursue those stars. You, you're not terribly, uh, your hands aren't terribly tied financially. You seem to always have the money and the prospects to do what you want to do. That's the model you should be pursuing. And that's what I thought they would be pursuing with Bloom is maximize the, the periphery, do what you did in Tampa, find value. If you need to trade somebody away, get value in return, but then also be able to supplement that with big money signings. Hell, even make a mistake here or there because you have the budget to make a mistake. You don't live and die exactly. by every dollar. And you look at it, like they we haven't said, done it. with the Dodgers, they went through some pretty tough years, yeah. like late 2000s, early 2000s, but they were still spending. They were still bringing in guys. They had Manny, they had Manny Ramirez. They went out and got Manny Ramirez, and like they weren't the best team in the world, right? but they were still trying to be competitive. So I think that's where there is a disconnect between the fans, disconnect between the manager, disconnect between the president of baseball operations, and right now that disconnect has led to a baseball team that is not very good and I think is frustrating their fans, even if Brian Barrett's not willing to admit that some people are probably giving up on the Red Sox as we speak. Back to the phone line, 617-779-7937. Jack in Connecticut wants to talk specifically about this series with the Yankees. Jack, what's up? Jack dropped off, so we'll go to Jim in Fall River, who has a uh, interesting up, take. What's up, Jim? Hey, How are you? What's going on? Hey, you know something? The Red Sox, I grew up with the Red Sox all my life, but I've never seen the worst signing with Chris Sale, who's got a fake an injury, so he doesn't have to be part of them failing. Do you think he actually faked an injury? You really believe yeah, well, that? Yeah, well, with the reports, we, 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 you know, some of you driving a bike, you go over the handlebars, and you don't have any scrapes or bruise. You got a bruise, a broken wrist with a, a busted, a busted pinky. Come on, I, dude. I have heard more uh, of this, and thanks for the call, Jim. Uh, I have heard more uh, fan distrust speculation on this Chris Sale thing um, that it's not real and. It's not. It wouldn't be the first time that the Red Sox told a player to maybe you know embellish something. Pat Light on the uh, the Carabas podcast, yep. he had said this past week that he got sent down at one point and he was told to get on the injury list and that something was wrong with his foot. And at that time, there wasn't really anything wrong with his foot. Yeah, no. It's this happens in all of sports. It happens where you know the Foxborough flu and Bill will stash a guy for a year. I, I think this happens, but this is Chris Sale who's reputation is already about as low as it can go. He's already hurt. I mean, the thing is, it's like, I don't see why you would need to do anything else to have him be out for the rest. Well, of that's the my point. Just say the, the pinky took longer than we expected. He's out for the rest of the year. Yeah, we, we can't really ramp him up at this point. Like, it doesn't make sense. We want to preserve it for next year. He doesn't need to go flying over the handlebars of a bike or, right. or do anything else to convince us that he was. We didn't think he was coming back anyway, if I'm going to be honest. And why is a guy that, at least on the surface, everybody has loved his his demeanor in terms of, I want to get out there. I'm embarrassed. I like, I this is not who I am. Blah, blah, blah. I'm sick of saying it. Like, that kind of world is going to partake in something like this some fraudulent injury yeah, now if you tell me there's an injury that happened in a way that shouldn't have and now you're trying to cover it up with a different story okay I, I could see that potentially happening but just fabricating an injury if you didn't want him to play the rest of the year say the pinky's not healing as fast as it should and we'll see him in spring training yeah and, i mean you get it basically just done that from the beginning if you wanted to just like yeah well we're uh, just gonna shut him down it's been a tough year for chris so i i don't 
I, I don't buy it. Sure, no. I buy, but I have heard it a lot. It is picking up a little bit of steam that this is a fabricated uh, injury with him, fabricated story, handlebars, bikes, the whole thing, and it's like he's too much of a hardo to make it up. Yeah, we're gonna be using that. He's a hardo too. He's, he, I mean, because I'm hardo heart. That's starting yeah. to take a, a little footing on Twitter. It's starting to pick up. Exactly, steam. exactly. No, I mean, this. No, he's he's kind of crazy. Yeah, he's a, little, a hardo. A I think of... I think he qualifies as a hardo, just yeah. like I pretty sure I qualify as a hardo. You know who aren't hardos right now is your Boston Red Sox. They are fading. They are wilting. They are not showing the jello fight. sharpens jello. Jello sharpens jello, as I've coined the phrase for the Patriots practices down in Foxborough that we've seen in terms of the competitive nature. And I just think you see frustration setting in all the way around. I think we talk about Cora. I think Cora has been frustrated for more than a month now and. The, the thing that still sticks out to me, and I go back to that night in Tampa when he went on what I would say is the closest thing to a rant that we've seen from Alex Cora, was when he said something to the effect of, you know, we're not the team we thought we were in spring training. You're not who we thought you were. And I took An that as... Anti-Dennis Green. I don't actually think he was saying we in terms of me, Alex Cora. Yeah. I thought that was a we... Harkening back to what High and Bloom put together, what we thought, yeah. you know, I sat there and listened to High and Bloom tell me as a manager what we're doing, what we have, what we can be, and now we're seeing we're we're midway through the season. We aren't that. Yeah, you know what's interesting is I've been this has been kind of floating around my brain for much of this segment, watching the movie Moneyball, right? And, and uh, um, you know they're asking, we don't have a first baseman down there in Oakland, and Billy Beans in the meeting is like, well, guess we're just gonna have to teach one of those guys, right? Oh boy, and. The, the thing is, though, what, what struck me about that is they, they were looking at it like, okay, this guy gets on base. He has some value in terms of his bat, his offense, or whatever. He walks a lot. He hits. He gets on base. And so we can live with him being bad at, you know, or like having to go through growing pains in the field as long as he's doing what he needs to do at the plate. But the thing is you have two spots on the right side of your field in right field and at first base that don't, did not give you any of that value. Okay, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, well, they're below average at certain points, but, hey, at least they get on base. Okay. Why do we like so-and-so? Because he gets on base. You know who doesn't get on base? Bobby Dahlbeck. No, no. He's Franchi out. Cordero. No, no, he does not. Jackie Bradley Jr. No, nope, he doesn't either. They don't get on base. Nope, and uh, in terms of the first baseman, they also don't catch the ball when they're supposed to catch the ball and do the things yeah, and so, they're so supposed like you, to do. You can live with certain things when, when other things are going well, except that, yeah, first base hasn't been happening. And I guess that harkens back to the overall concept, which kind of ties in with the core thing. Like, I, we don't have the team like we thought we were. Look, you can get away with certain things when you have talent, right? Yes. And in particular, when you have elite talent at other positions, or maybe one guy is weak in certain aspects, but he has strengths that you can utilize. But when you're just straight up putting guys who, who they're just out, you put them in the lineup, you might as well just pencil them in for an out right. every single time they come up. Or one out of you know four out of five times that they come up, that that's not acceptable. So let's go back to the phone lines. Try to squeeze in one more caller before we hit the break. Bradley in Rhode Island wants to talk about some of the uh, the big picture stuff that we've talked about with the Sox stars. Bradley, what's up? Well, you know, one thing that's really aggravating about the team heading into the season is that they really had a, a thin pitching staff, and now you're seeing the repercussions of that when a guy like Chris Sale 
gets hurt and other guys have to step up here that, I mean, we're pitching in AAA a month ago. Another aggravating aspect is having to kind of shoehorn Tanner Houck into a closer role when, I mean, let's be honest, in spring training, he expected to be a starter for this team, and he hasn't necessarily looked like a lockdown closer out there. They're having to kind of mix and match on a nightly basis. And another thing that's really starting to get on my nerves is, you know, Xander Bogarts came out and he said we needed to add to this team at the deadline. He wanted the front office to add, and last night, I mean, him and Rafi Devers come up in that spot with a guy on first and second, one out, and neither of them really put a good at-bat together, and neither of them put a good swing on the ball. So at some point, you do have to look at the players on the field. His power numbers are down. Devers has had a bad month. It's, it's been tough to watch in that respect. Thanks for the call, Bradley. I, I certainly agree with that. I mean, when you get guys on first and second, and then you bring up two of your best hitters, and you watch one nub out to the catcher on a fielder's choice, and then pop up in the infield. And pop up on a very hittable pitch. Yes. Basically, he doubled almost that exact same pitch off the wall earlier in the game. And that he is... Too, he was trying to do too much with it. That's not only losing baseball in that situation at the end of a game. That's losing baseball in any situation. Because if that same situation happens in the third or fourth inning, that's demoralizing. Like, that's a feel-good opportunity. Devers, Bogarts, oh. Now it's a feel-bad opportunity when it plays out the way it did. 617-779-7937. Are you frustrated with your Boston Red Sox? Are you done with your Boston Red Sox? I'm talking to you, Brian Barrett, if you want to call in and tell me why you're not done with your Boston Red Sox. It's Fitzy and Hart live from Fenway Park in our Ford Fenway Studios. I'm Andy Hart. He's Kyrie Thompson. We'll be right back. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Fitzy and Hart live from Fenway Park, where we are rightfully talking about your Boston Red Sox. And what exactly is going on with this team and what exactly is going on with your feelings for this team? Your commitment to this sprint, as Alex Cora referred to it, sprint towards a, I mean, potential, dreamy uh, postseason. I don't even know what it is anymore. (laughs) You're four and a half games behind the Orioles. I don't really know how to take it seriously. And I know maybe the Orioles are better than I think they are, but they represent a certain something in my mind. It's it's called last place, and you're behind it. Well, it's almost like if the Jets leapfrog the Patriots. Yeah. Even even if the Jets were actually good, right? Perfect. It's, It's that same scenario. The Patriots are in last place behind the Jets, but they're still mathematically capable of winning a wild card. I wouldn't take them seriously. You're behind the Jets. I can't take you seriously. Boston Red Sox, you're behind the Baltimore Orioles. I can't take you seriously. 617-7790. Nope. 617-779-7937. If you want to call... A lot of sevens up in there. Yeah, there really are. Uh, 37937. If you want a few more sevens to get on the text line, let us know how you feel. Let's go to David, who wants to uh, weigh in on some of the factors that need to be considered with Rafi Devers. David, what do you think about Devers' future with the Red Sox? So here's the thing, gentlemen. You know, the Red Sox are in last place. Now, here's a team, you know, yep. as we all know, two games from being in the World Series. Now, if Devers wants to be the next um, face 
of the Red Sox the next David Ortiz, let's say that. You know, when you come up in a moment like yesterday, him, same thing with Bogart, you got to perform. You cannot expect to get the big money, to get the long contracts, when, when the need is there for you to perform, not just yesterday, other games previous. You have to come through. If, if you're the player that you think you deserve what you're asking for, you deserve the long contracts, and you want that, you have to perform. You can, there's no excuses. I don't want to hear it. You're a professional athlete. You have to find a way to put those, put those runners, bring them home to the home plate. And so you're on, you know, you're you on Dondero's side. You wouldn't sign Devers now because he didn't come through last no, night. No, well, well, not a long contract. Not a long contract. Not a, not a high long contract because, you know what, I wouldn't do any more than five years with him. Did David oh, Ortiz never get out in a situation that would have been considered clutch? Because I feel like he did. You know, you don't remember those he like did. the times he, that he did come through. But everybody, everybody fails. Tom Brady, Adam Vinatieri missed kicks. And whoever you want, yeah, Derek Peter, whoever you want to call clutch fails. It's baseball. I mean, failure is the norm. But, but the thing yes. is, how many times are you going to fail? How many times does a team need you when you're not helping them? You're not putting, helping putting, you know, putting. But up, is, up until up until he got hurt, he was an MVP contender. Correct. Yeah, it's like how many times do you got to succeed before you get right. a little bit of leeway here? Uh, thanks for the call, David. Yeah, I appreciate, appreciate the talking yeah, point because I love counterpoints and other side views of things, and that's certainly one because I think most people believe Devers is an ascending star. He does have the clutch gene in him. He has shown that he can come through in tough situations. But I would also, like, you want to hear... It's like some people feel like he's a net net failure, net you, loss, you, net coming up short right now. You, you want to know? You want to hear something fun, right? So, so David Ortiz obviously gets, deservedly so, so, mit, so much adulation for the clutch done in the, yeah. the postseason in the regular season at least i just pulled this up on on fan graphs so usually it, it's kind of like war where it's like okay zero is is average clutch the way that they uh calculated out uh, above zero is is good and below zero is bad david ortiz in the regular season finished as a negative clutch player for his career and Rafael Devers is a positive clutch player for his career. It, it's it's .7, so it's only a little bit above average. It's like it's kind of like uh, okay, slightly above average. But David Ortiz was below average. He was like a negative one point one six. So this idea that oh well, you know, Devers sucks because he couldn't get it done in the clutch last night, and he's been scuffling for the last month. Look, okay, this dude was literally the only good thing about your team for the first half of the season. And are we really putting everything on? A Saturday night on August 13th for a team that's already in last place whose GM didn't really invest. Like, are we saying that was the make or break moment, not just for this year's Red Sox, but for your faith in Rafi Devers and your decision as to whether or not to hand him a long-term massive deal? Massive overreaction. Like, what are we doing Massive. I, I understand it's the Yankees, and you really wanted to get that win. I totally, totally understand that. But no, that is, that's a massive overreaction. And look, there is a bit of context you have to have because... Devers, is, Devers got hurt. He hasn't right. been quite the same player since. Didn't it rehab. Is, it is what it is. It, it comes right back right as quickly back. as he can to get back on the foot, uh, get back on the baseball field like, to help out your team that's scuffling. This is a lost year in, in so many ways. Like Even if you make the playoffs, like most likely it's not going anywhere. And, you know, there, there's, just, there's just so much that's gone wrong. That's part of why I'm like, look, I really want to get this over with. But the idea that, that Rafael Devers is not like a – you know, a max contract player all of a sudden just because he's, he's hit a rough couple months. I'm sorry. That, that's a no for me. And that's somehow, no for me. 
you know, we started, you know, last segment sort of doing the old blame pie. Who do you blame? The players, the manager, the GM, whatever, some concoction of the three. So now we've whittled it down to it's Devers and Bogart's fault that the Red Sox are not a, a good baseball team this year, that the Red Sox are not a playoff caliber baseball team this year. And more importantly, that's mostly because one of them dribbled out to the catcher and one popped up last night in the infield like that. Is that what we're doing right now? We're boiling down the marathon that is now a sprint of 162 games to two at-bats at the we're, end we're, of a we're, Saturday night game against the Yankees. So so there's a 100-meter dash. Basically, you're, you're now uh, you know, judging Rafael Devers off of the first five meters of the race. You're judging off the block start it, or, or, or like, or like a, a, a five-meter portion right in the middle right there. It's like a, nine, a 980 OPS before the All-Star. Like, uh, what are we, no, like, not, wor- not worth it. Not worth it. No, if you if you tell me, and and this may be the Red Sox, almost slipped up right there. If (laughs) if if you tell me that you don't believe in three hundred million dollar contracts, totally different topic. If you say nobody is worthy of that, which is there's been some idea that that's where the Red Sox lie, that like nobody's worthy of these ridiculous. I can listen to that philosophical mentality, but if you're telling me because of what happened over the last forty at bats, or because of what happened. Because the what he did the last, last at bat, what he did at that one at bat is why I'm not going to pay him. Come on. Is one of the no. dumbest things I've no. ever heard. And I've heard a lot of dumb things in my time uh, covering the Patriots, doing sports talk radio here at WEEI. But that, that's a new one. 617-779-7937. Give us a call. Let us know how you feel about your Boston Red Sox. And I guess let us know if you want to now run Rafi Devers out of town because... He hit a dribbler to the catcher last night in a clutch situation. He's no longer worthy of being the next David Ortiz, even though I believe David Ortiz actually said Devers is worthy of being the next yes. David Ortiz. Yeah, he did. But he doesn't know what he's talking about. Hell, he was a negative clutch guy in his regular season career, according to fan graphs. So what do we all know about baseball? He was really good in the postseason, though. I will say that. He was, was great indeed. in the postseason. This by, was by his effing city, and but, he showed it many, yeah. many, 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 many times. I mean, my thing is stop romanticizing like, Five minutes of an athlete's life on one given night. Come on, and stop that. And stop running another guy out of town from five minutes in his life. 617-779-7937. This is Fitzy and Hart from Fenway Park. I'm Andy Hart. He's Kyrie Thompson. We'll be back after this break. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.